Welcome to Talent and Growth. I'm your host, Paul Church. Just under a week ago, we had our first ever live Talent and Growth event in London at the Warner Brothers offices. Uh, thank you to our incredible speakers, Katrina, uh, Rohan, uh, Christine and Becky. Um, thank you everybody who attended. We raised £1,700 for mine charity. All of the money went towards them um, and it was just a great night uh, with great people. And uh, yeah, it's made me really excited for 2023 and running some more events, um, certainly in London, perhaps in Manchester. Um, so stay tuned for that. Um, but today we've got uh, John Gordon, who is the founder of Incentive Games. And um, we're going to be talking about how to create a company which is amazing to work for, basically, because uh, that was... That was what John wanted to talk about when I when I kind of reached out to him and said, look, let's have a conversation. And I said, you know, what's the most important thing to you? And he said, making my company great for the people who work within it. And I thought, right, well, let's let's find out how. Let's talk about it. Um, John's a really cool guy. Um, he gives some great insight into the journey they've been on um, and a bit about what it's like to work there. And hopefully there's a few bits in there which, um, you know, you can implement in your own business. Um, we talk about, you know, paying over the odds uh, for people which of course isn't you know it, not every business can do that um, and certainly may not be in the power of everybody listen, listening uh, to this podcast whether they could do it or not but there's certainly plenty of other um, really useful bits of information around how to build a great culture here so hope you enjoy it here is John um, and look if you're enjoying the podcast series uh, please like us please subscribe us please Give us a review on whichever platform you're listening to us on. I'd really appreciate it. But here's John. John, welcome to Talent and Growth. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks, Paul. Thanks for having me. Absolute pleasure, absolute pleasure. Would you mind giving us a little bit of an intro for the listeners who, who don't know who you are, a bit about you, your background, and a bit about who you, what you do now? Sure thing. So I'm John Gordon. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Incentive Games. And like all good stories, this one, my story started in the Caribbean tax haven of Trinidad and Tobago um, about 10 years ago. I was the lead chemical engineer there for BP and I used to see the FanDuel adverts um, for fantasy sports betting. And being a maths person and statistician, I, I would write algorithms to and bet against people uh, for the season-long uh, soccer. Uh, fantasy games uh, against other people at BP and such and then we, I got really involved in it I really enjoyed it um, and I took it to the next level I came back to the UK about nine years ago um, and started the company which was fantasy football betting um, and I'm still working in the chemical engineer industry with BP and others for years and me and my co-founders mathematicians engineers and um, went to try to create a, like a, a static statistical fantasy game around soccer so every pass every tackle every header would gain points for the user and we took off from there so we were a fantasy operator for a few years and um, gained some traction with the number one app in the uk app store several times and then we we pivoted to being a b2b provider we're now um we supply games to the, the gaming industry, like some Bet365, Fangio, and we're happy to say we're the number one in the world at it, incentive games. It's any sort of free-to-play game, score selector game, fantasy game, 
um, we supply those in a B2B level worldwide. Fantastic. Well, t- tell us a bit more about, I suppose, the journey the business has gone on. I suppose, although, I mean, I'm interested just from how the business has pivoted, um, but also that journey internally, what it's been like, you know, being the leader and the founder of that and seeing, you know, the people kind of grow with the business. Yeah, we started off um, before founders were still working full time for a number of years. We didn't know anything about entrepreneurship or, or building a team or software development. Um, we just had a product in mind and we tried to build it. We outsourced technical uh, support, so or sort of developers. Um, and over time, we hired our own developers, uh, designers, product people. Um, and as we got momentum, as we, we saw the market fit, so when we were a B2C operator um, with a, a pool betting license in the UK, and then we got a sports bet license in the UK. So we were doing fantasy football um, and, and creating games where people could bet a fiver against their mates, for example, and we would take a 10% cut. Then we, we got our own sports book license and started upselling to sports books. So if Harry Kane was in your fantasy team, we'd say, oh, by the way, Harry Kane is four to one to score the first goal. And we would upsell them from fantasy to sports book. And then we got our own casino license and uh, offered our own casino on our own platform and cross-sold them to casino. Um, and it, it, it occurred to us that we were, we were good at what we were doing, which was creating products, creating conversion tools from fantasy to sports book. Um, but what we weren't is operators, essentially like gambling operators. And we were more about the product, um, at which time we had maybe one employee um, and we're doing, the founders were carrying a lot of hats whilst trying to keep our full-time job. Um, and then we got more and more investment um, to, to help em- employ people and bring software development in-house. And over the last, then we pivoted, so being a B2C to B2B supplier, so we sold that brand, Premier Punt, and then we created our own new brand called Incentive Games um, and pivoted into supplying these games on a B2B level worldwide. Um, so we became a software provider and brought, raised some money, brought the fund, uh, brought developers in-house and now we, we supply it uh, on a license fee worldwide. Fantastic, what a journey, such, such an interesting model, although I have to, just to be honest, as an Arsenal fan, any references to Tottenham Hotspur players are firmly discouraged on this podcast, so um, just just to put that out there, but um, look, when, when, when we spoke um, originally, and I, Incentive had been on my radar for a while, and I was really glad you kind of reached back out to have a chat with me, and I said, look, I, I always ask people, what's, what's your how-to, what do you want to talk about, and you said to me, you said, I want to talk about how to become the best company in the world to work for, and I was like, right, and well, that, there you go, what a statement, so... Why did that? Why is that the most important thing to you? What? Why is that the thing that was on the tip of your tongue? What you wanted to talk about today? Because it is. It comes natural to me a bit. I mean, I've worked for big companies, big corporates that they say one thing and do another. Um, I won't say any of them, but one of the logos was like one team, no blame culture, and it was quite the opposite. Um, and they 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 led with fear. And then some of the people I've worked with over the years, the sort of old school fear factor leadership is is all laughable to me. Um, we take an approach whereby, you know, we over the years, don't get me wrong, but you know, we've had to bootstrap, we've had to, everyone's had to 
you know, cobbled together to do what we need to do, bend over backwards for clients and such. We're now at a stage where we were able to just look after our people. Our people are the most important thing in the company, and it's ultimately all that's in the company, uh, apart from IP. But you know, keeping those people, over, uh, looking after them, continually trying to improve. Um, so we we went from one employee. Pre-COVID, we had maybe eight. We came out of COVID with under around twenty odd, and now we're close to. 40, 50 and and what we've learned through that is if you do not put your people first and you do not strive to be this you know the you know best employer there is you will not retain those people I mean and it's all about retention of these the best people like we have a starter pack and we're going into detail but we make sure that the people that work for this company understand that they are the superheroes it's not the owners, it's not the shareholders, it's the employees that are doing this amazing work. And I think if in this really tough environment where you're the crypto.coms or the Amazons of the world, you can work anywhere. So you, we're competing with Google, uh, crypto.com, Amazon. So we need to you know, make them continually have the best culture to work with. Otherwise, you know, they'll go elsewhere. And it just makes business sense, you know. No one wants to come to work feeling stressed, anxious, uh, you know, thinking that there is a blame culture. And here we, you know, we'd, without going into details, but they, everyone's got the same level of respect. So there may be different levels. I'm the CEO, but the junior developer should have the same respect as the CEO because we're all just human beings going about our work every day. Um, and there's a lot of detail in there, but ultimately we do strive to be the best company to work for in the UK and then the world. And to your point though, Paul, is I'm I'm making a statement on this podcast to my own employees. You know, we need to be, not only just saying this to you guys, we want to be saying it and then following through with it. This is what the CEO is saying and how this is how we, we do it. Yeah, it makes you really accountable and that's uh, that, that's absolutely a testament to the culture you're trying to, it sounds like you've built there and trying to keep going as well. When What's interesting is that often businesses get to a certain point of their product, then they're like, right, we need to start hiring the best people, where do we find these best people from? And actually it's quite a bit later on typically the businesses start thinking about, oh actually we need to make sure we don't lose anyone, we need to make sure this culture is one that people want to stay in. Is this something you've learned along the way as a, as a founder or is that something you're like, right, as you know, one person, we need to keep this one person, keep him happy. Was it something? How how's it evolved? If you know what I mean, we did we did an exercise a few years ago. One of our advisors, and he, when we had maybe twelve employees, and he was saying, you know, here's your revenue target in, in a few years' time, and we just work back from that. And it's like, oh, you need a hundred employees, um, and he said something like, a hundred employees means one hundred sixty employees, um given the churn rate, you know, 20% a year or whatever the case may be. And it was abundantly clear from that one statement that even just at that one angle, that makes total economical sense and business sense to say, we don't want to hire 160 people, we want to hire 110 people so that in four years' time we've still got 100 of those. You know, it makes a lot of sense retaining that knowledge, looking after them, overpaying, and this I can go into detail in a minute, but even just at that snapshot, that made it abundantly clear to me that we do not want to lose the recruitment fees of time, the onboarding, 
the experience loss on 50 people if we can just do be the best in the world and instead of having you know losing 60 people in four years we've only lost 10 how do we get there and we work back from that and that comes to then we go into the detail now marry that up with all the me and my founder we're very and we'd like to see ourselves as forward thinking and say generous over over compensating for that and making sure that fundamentally we want people to come in and enjoy themselves now you've got that fun foundation plus the business sense and then how do you get there and it's all the details in there and it's when you think you've done enough then over overshoot give them more make them feel more welcome make them feel more uh, appreciated I think that is the key is you know a, a good point that is is a good employee a really good employee's output is two to five times it's a good quote from Henry G Ford Henry Ford but, so if you pay them 20% more you're gonna get you're still gonna get two to five times the output so what's 20% um, and it's not like we are people first but it also makes huge business sense as well yeah, absolutely. Um, and let, let's go into the detail because, of course, people listen to this and they think, right, what can we do? Uh, what can we do to make our company a great place to work? Well, just like John's doing that incentive. So what are these details, that these, these boxes you make sure are ticked to make sure your people feel the way they feel? When you can, um, we weren't able to do it at the start, but when you can, overpay. So we get the market rate and we say, overpay, right? Pay recruitment fees. Uh, we at the start we couldn't do it, but we we got a recruitment company down to less than ten percent single digits. We brought them in recently and said, you know, what's the best you could do here? And they dropped it down a percentage. And we said, you know what, we're we're paying you twenty percent. It's like we 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 just you know blow the, the socks off and say like, how invaluable is it as an employee, the best employee in the market to us? Hugely valuable. Well, let's pay for it. Let's buck the trend. Let's overpay. Um, so pay uh, the packages. So basically pension, um, shares, in the, uh, shares in the company. Every single employee, past and present, of Incentive Games has options or has options. And then they own part of the company. They have actual ownership. So it's not perceived ownership, but actual ownership. Um, the way, you know, we're actually, I'm actually sitting in a gym at the moment. Uh, so in the office, we've got our own gym. We've got bean bags everywhere. We've got full autonomy. You can work anywhere in the world. As long as you get your job done, no one's going to be on your back. And that, a mixture of all those things, um, welcome packages, paying, giving people pay rises before their salary review. You know, do you know how impactful it is to say to someone during a recession, You've got a pay rise that you weren't expecting, um, and it just makes a lot of sense. Now it's great for me to be in this position. It's different when we didn't have as much, you know, if the bit, you know, a few years ago when the business isn't where it is. So you need to obviously take that with a pinch of salt. But we're lucky to have some of our investors forward thinking like that. It's always like doubling down on the people, give them more money, give reward them parties, whatever the case may be, pay rises pay more than the market rate and and if you do all those things the culture will come um, and uh, but there's also there's also an, 
a really key in information there as well is when someone isn't right, you need they need to be let go sooner rather than later because that can become like poison in the well for want of a better term. Great people individually, great people in their own right, but if there's a fundamental issue with they they might have on the industry or or personal problems they're having at home, if they start talking to other people in the business, they could start making uh, all sorts of uh, changing their mindset about certain things. And if someone's got a bad mindset, it really is good to, to recognise that and try to find the best way for both parties to, to exit. Yeah, it's um, yeah, absolutely. Um, I think just in terms of the overpay, I think it's it's easy because there will be some people listening thinking, well, you know, that's easy for you to say. We, we, you know, everyone can't just overpay, but actually, I think you have to ask yourself what's the what's the cost of the business of not having that person or losing that person. And if there isn't much cost to having that person, you probably shouldn't have them anyway. So actually, you're probably better off trying to overpay if you can at the beginning. Um, and what's a welcome pack look like from incentive? Because that's really important. That that excitement that people get before they even walk in the door on the first day, that's so key because people make these impressions and they and they, they live with them for a long time. So what's a welcome pack look like from invest incentive? Yeah, it's um it's an incentive games box that says that that, that essentially says that they're part of the team, they open it up, they've got their laptop, there'll be a new Mac or a new whatever laptop they've asked for the tracksuit with their initials on it, um, incentive games logo in the back, bottles, pad, uh, paper pad. Um, and typically, another thing is it would be like a, a an experience voucher, so that up to a few hundred pounds where they can basically choose from hundreds of experiences that they can have with their partner or friend so that they can, their wife or, or girlfriend or, or husband or partner they can have an actual experience, whether it be a hot balloon day or a Formula One car, or even just got uh, plenty of hotel stays, bed and breakfast, or whatever the case may be. So they can have that experience and, and then think, oh, you know, that was my employer that got us that. And they can both have that experience. A lot of the time, and we do that often with the guys and girls who've done a lot of hard work for a big build up for a big project, you know, a thousand pound worth of vouchers they can use throughout the UK or whatever each so that basically we've taken time away from their husband or girlfriend or whichever the case may be and we understand that and it's been a big push now take some time back go and have a, a holiday um, now, and, and, but you make a good point you know it's, it's easy for me to say this just now I think before you get to the point where we're at it is about motivating them through bringing them on the journey with you like being honest right so there's there's a lot of things like what i'm talking about costs money but being an honest transparent leader that inspires them bring them on with the journey if, if the if your employees don't know where the company's going don't know what's around the corner don't know what your plan is your plan might be wrong i've had to u-turn plenty of times I've, i'm not always right far from it but as long as you're transparent, as long as you've got nothing to hide, yeah, there's no, you know, sometimes we get bad news, and we need to, we need to deliver it, but don't be, we don't need to be sneaky about it, you need to be open and honest with these people, this is their lives, they need to feed their families, they've got mortgages to pay, so always be transparent, always be truthful to who you are, um, and don't, don't hide anything, just be 
who who you are. And I think you need to get them along the journey from the start, get them bought into it. And if you, and to your point there, Paul, people might say, hey, it's, it's easy to say, um, just give them more money when they don't have more money. Well, you have equity. Give them more equity. Why are you holding on to 100%? Who do you think you are? We're building this for you. Of course, they're not going to be loyal. Who's going to be loyal to you when you're asking them to do 80 hours a week, 60 hours a week, work weekends, when they're getting 20 grand a, a year and you're getting all the benefit from all their hard work? I think you need to, in this day and age, people are too clever for that. Yeah, absolutely agree. And what, what people want changes. I think if you look at like a lot of the data around what's most important to employees, certainly compared pre-COVID and post-COVID, it's probably changed a hell of a lot, particularly in terms of our working environments, our mental well-being and, and wellness and whatnot. So how, how do you stay uh, with your finger on the pulse in this in the business around making sure that actually what you're offering is what your people want? Um, how do you do that? It's interesting you ask that because we... We do we do these pulse checks so we we have internal surveys and we benchmark them so we can see the progress we make um, and it's interesting that you could have forty amazing uh, surveys or feedback and we will focus on the ones where we need to work on and it will really affect me for days but you need to know like that is so it's like. It's like um, you need you need to know where you're where you're going wrong. There's no culture that's perfect. There's no culture that's great. Even every great culture has some bad aspects to it. Um, and for me, you need to always be working on that. Now, it's really tough to think of it when you've got a product, right? You take it out to the public. See, hearing that bad feedback is the best thing you can hear. Or looking at the app store at those one star reviews. That's what you should be focusing on. And Humans will focus on that. That's why some people shy away from it. But if you do those quarterly or monthly, maybe quarterly uh, employee checks um, and focus on that and being accountable for that. So when we get one, we don't just read it and, you know, feel sorry for ourselves. We read it, learn from it, and then help hold ourselves accountable. These, are, This is the negative feedback or the things that we need to work on. This is what we're going to do. So we've got, we don't have a, there's nowhere to hide, you need to do it, or people can uh, call you out, which is not an option. And who's involved in the, I suppose, the the strategy around keeping incentive great? So we've, we've got um, my exact team, my, my chief operating officer, Stuart, my CTO, Mike, uh, CFO, Chris, quite a small exact team. Um, again, just really focused on continual improvement. We've all come from big engineer companies or accountancy firms, and we know what 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 we need to be striving for. Um, we've got OKRs, which I would implore anyone that's listening to do, uh, which is Objectives and Key Results, a really good book, which is called Measure What Matters. And, and one part of that might be product, uh, maybe revenue, but people is a big pillar for there. So, what what are the objectives and key results? Is it churn churn rate? You know how how many people are leaving a year, or a quarter, or whatever the case may be. What is your overall satisfaction levels in your surveys? So you need to measure it, measure what matters, and then continually improve it. Um, and it's it's a fluid thing because it's a culture, but 
um, you need to take it extremely seriously. Otherwise, um, you won't have a great culture. What do you think your employees would say right now are the best things about working for Incentive? I would say working from home, the autonomy, if I'm honest, and probably the transparency. And, and we, we try to keep it light. We have try to parties every now and again, but um, it is, I think, I think we are, we've got a real key focus in just giving back to the employees. So I would like to think that they, they think that it's rewarding working here. What do you think you could improve in the business? What do you think would make it even better? More bean bags. <laughs> um, no, I think um, in a serious note, we more ownership in the company. Like I'm, I'm working on that. Like there's, there's no point in growing the company, and you know we've got basic options package. I think now going forward, I want them to have even more ownership, and um, have more of a say on the decisions. Um, we're quite a socialist thing like that. We we let them, we welcome everyone's opinion. So I think we need to keep working on that. Um, keep staying ahead of the game on focusing on getting everyone's input, making them feel as if their voice is heard, that they've got ownership. Not just feel like they've got ownership, actually have more ownership and uh, make help them become involved in the decision going forward. And is that scalable, do you think? If you needed to, I haven't asked you about your growth plans, but let's assume you needed to double to 80 people in the next you know, 12 months. Is that model sustainable and scalable? Yeah, uh, I think so. Um, we're quite a tight knit community here in Edinburgh, and a lot of the people are local, some are all over the world, but I believe so. I think if you don't fit into a culture, if, it's, if it isn't right for you, we'll, we'll find out pretty quickly. If it is, you find out how transparent, how easygoing we are, how hardworking we are, um, what our values are, and if you fit in, you will you'll fit in and you'll get on quickly, you'll get stuff done. Um, and I do think it is scalable. Maybe too, I've, I've got around I'm a bit of paper here, 65 people in the next six to 12 months. So 80 to 100, you're probably looking at a different model. John, so how are you going to know when you've got the business to where it needs to be in terms of being that great company to work for? Because it's a journey, isn't it? But how do you think you'll know when you've got it really nailed? I suppose it's like everything, um, anything, whether product or, um, or revenue or uh, people, you're never, you're never happy. So I'll give you an example. We, we launched a game called Bet365 and, you know, millions of entries and the guys just went about their day as normal. And um, whereas we, we did the one and we launched a big game in America and the American clients went out for a, a huge party. And celebrated my guys were just like okay something you know just working away and they're just on to the next it's like they're motivated to, to just keep delivering and 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 that's what that's what they love and and it's almost like the same for the culture it's in terms of yeah oh don't get wrong when we're having a party we can have a party but it's it's you're always just on to the next you're always just continually improving no matter which company you are like uh, I don't compare myself to the apples in the world, but 
any company that it never stops. And it, the the minute you do think you've got it, uh, you're on top of it. It's just like anything. Like if you if you think your product's the best and you rest on your laurels, then you'll be caught up pretty quickly. Yeah, absolutely. And you mentioned uh, comparisons, but I was going to ask you actually, what well, which companies do you look for for inspiration? What companies out there do you think you know just doing this really well? I would say OnlyFans as one. <laughs> uh, no, uh, no. I mean, obviously, I, I like forward-thinking companies that are nimble. Um, I like companies like Apple, Slack, um, Trello. The, the the companies that are that see opportunities is the companies that um, that look after the people that. That allow the people virgin even these days, uh, virgin airlines, which just allow people to be who they are. Um, I like all that. I don't like um, the sort of old school uh, culture is is not for me. And those companies are going to, um, I won't mention any of those, but they're, it's not sustainable. Um, so the usual ones. Yeah, gotcha. Gotcha. Well, look, I think, you know, Plus the very... Well, only fans, of course. Um, look, the very fact that you know it clearly is such an important mission for you as a founder to make it an incredible company to work for. You know, when you, your your mission is that rather than uh, wasn't you didn't say the first thing you asked when I asked you this question. You didn't say it's to make as much money as possible to make the business as successful as possible. You said you wanted to make it a great place to work, and obviously, if you do that, then everything else will take care of itself. So the fact that that's your mission means you're going to do great. Um, so I'll be really interested to follow your journey as you grow even more. But John, I'm, I really appreciate the chat today. Um, if anybody wants to reach out to you um, just to pick your brain on how to make a company, their company's even greater to work for. What's the best way for them to do so? Uh, on my OnlyFans or LinkedIn. <laughs> no, it's a John Gordon uh, on LinkedIn uh, Incentive Games. So, or just email me at john at incentivegames.com. Appreciate that. All right, cheers, John. John, thank you so much for being a part of Talent and Growth. Thank you so much, Paul.